TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Warning. The Outsider's Edge contains strong opinions, unconventional views, and contrarian stances. Listen, if you dare. Hey, yo. I'd like to thank you for listening to another edition of the Outsider's Edge. Uh, first and foremost, it's me, your boy, Rance, a.k.a. Ray Cash. And uh, let me introduce my golden lover's brethren, Mr. Kyle Morris. My man, how you doing tonight? I'm doing great tonight. No Carl tonight, folks. Like, sorry, y'all. We got him for three consecutive shows. So, like, we're proud of ourselves. But he had to do adult stuff tonight. Yes, the semester is ending, so... You might see a lot of Carl over the holidays, maybe, maybe not. Don't get um, their hopes up, man. Don't I know, right? And <laughs> shout out to shout out to Rob for Carl's new nickname, asshole Carl. So shout out to Rob <laughs> Daniels, first fan, my my brother. Shout out to Rob. Um, so man, look, it's been a hell of a week this week. So I was I was talking with you and Platt in several several conversations. Chris Platt is my co-host on Chairshot Radio. And I was talking to you guys separately about how last week was essentially a really slow week with the exception of the one big news, all elite thing, right? It was a really slow week. It's a holiday week. Well, they backdoored this week with some interesting news and some very, very big takeaways from the shows. And not in the way you would think. If you were one of the 3 million, 2 million, how many people uh, who watched Raw Monday... And in We're turn, sorry the, in advance. Yes. And in turn, one of the two, two and a half million that watched SmackDown. They were drastically different um, ideologies and feelings you got from those shows. So we, we normally, we don't necessarily break down Raw as a show or SmackDown for that matter. We break down storylines and ideas and stuff. But people are calling this Raw the worst Raw of all time, Kyle. So, I don't like speaking in hyperbole. So, to me, that just feels like, what the fuck? Now, now, now you better premise this, though. We got we to gotta acknowledge the fact that this week's Raw was real fucking bad. Like, it was real shit. Like, I, sh- I should have led with that. The so Outsider's Edge is not trying to sit here and say that Raw was real great this week and that we're standing. No, Raw was bad. I'm going to go one further. People look at people call me a shill. It pisses me off, but it is what it is. Let me say this: I, the guy who watches every episode, I thought Raw was bad. I fell asleep and turned it off after the second hour. Yeah, Raw was real shit this week, y'all. We are not trying to say that it was a great episode of Raw. We're just trying to say like worst of all time. I don't know, man. Well, they've had some bad Raws. Let's get into it. So before we even get to the worst Raw of all time ideology. So, what was bad about Raw to you? And by the way, you can speak on this for once with actual... I watched Raw this week, yeah. y'all. I watched yeah. Raw. I you never actually Raw. sat there for three hours of my life, and at the end thought to myself, what the fuck did I just do with three hours of my life? But 
Uh, to specifically answer your question, for me, what was wrong with Monday Night Raw? A few things. Um, number one, and I know that you and I have kind of a different opinion on this, but I am not feeling Constable Corbin in any way, shape, or form. And so a show that really for about 45 minutes to an hour was built around, was built around Baron Corbin is Absolutely. already not a show that I'm really looking forward to. That's, so, a fair, that's a fair assessment. Too much Baron Corbin, and too much Baron Corbin in real shit situations. I am so fucking sick, and not in the good I'm being worked way sick. Just so fucking bored sick gotcha. of Baron Corbin changing rules to matches so that we can have more fuck finishes, so that the heels can top the faces, so that we can repeat the exact same match on loop for mm -hmm. six months. Mm -hmm. Because that was my next point with what's wrong with raw this week. And in general, the same matchup week after week after week, all up and down the card. We had Bobby Lashley and Elias again. We had Finn Balor and Baron Corbin again. We had Seth Rollins and Dolph Ziggler again. We even had a repeat of last week's Lucha booties versus the revival in a Lucha House Rules match, Dog. and you know I am not, I am not with the shit of the Revival getting so oh, disrespected that they have lost back-to-back -back weeks to the fucking Lucha booties. In less than five minutes. Not to mention, not to mention, as we have been preaching on the Outsider's Edge for months now, the Raw Tag Team division is hot trash. Pretty bad. Garbage. It's so garbage that they've taken the manager of their tag team champions and turned him into just an I piss on things guy. Keep going, the guy, please. The guy who's also the general manager of 205 Live because, oh yeah, they're two totally different people, but really they're the same person, but not. Two, two, two different characters as they try to make us believe, yes. Yeah, but, but yeah. So, you know, I'm not with that. I also don't like whoever's writing Ronda Rousey's promos because, like, she, I don't know if she just can't authentically deliver them or what it is, but... Ew. What was up with her eyes, dog? I don't know who's doing her makeup, but she a, a needs lot, a sassy gay friend. I don't know bit. who's doing her makeup, but she needs a sassy gay friend. And a lot of people... I don't like to shame women when it comes to makeup or things like that. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's okay to say, hey, it looked bad in terms of for wrestling's for in the wrestling perspective because of the of the package but i don't everybody you know what i'm saying people like certain we're not, things no uh, no we're not saying that she's ugly or terrible or anything it's not that but kind that of commentary look like, it's yeah. a commentary on like this is a professional television show and whoever put that together look bad did not do it right um also my last thing before i turn it over to you i'm gonna go out on a limb and put this one out there i'm not feeling dean seth right now Oh, wow. Okay. I, I'm not feeling it in Seth right now, and I think it's and I'm going to be really weird for me, and it's not Seth, it's me. Let me start. With Dean and Seth, which is probably most people think is the... For me, it's the best rivalry of this era. Well, definitely the best rivalry of this era, but I was going to say the top angle on Raw, if you don't count the, the Corbin Strowman angle, right? Um, the, the problem with Dean is this. The problem, and this is the problem with all wrestling in general from a fan perspective. Expectations. Okay. We've had a certain Dean Ambrose for, they debuted in what, 2014? 
the singles years. version or just as the shield? You're right. Six years. But four as a singles version, right? Yeah, about then, yeah. So we, we've had, a, and even in the shield, he was still the same guy. We've had a, six years of a certain ID, identity of who Dean Ambrose was, right? But mm. we also, most of us who are knowledgeable diehard fans, knew of the Dean Ambrose, a.k.a. John Moxley, he was on the indies, right? So most of us figured if he ever went dark, if he ever went heel, we would get that. He's a lunatic, and he would be crazy, right? I feel like if you thought you were going to definitely get the full-on version of that, you live in a fantasy realm because sure. Indies John Moxley wrestled for companies that would let you do things that the WWE would never let you do. Oh, he 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 got hit with a saws all on top of his head. It was they made they rigged it up where it wouldn't be dangerous, but still. So you're saying he head. didn't get hit in the back of the head with a brick because he wasn't working with shitty people? Oh no. That happened. I'm talking about the Sawzall. No, I'm yeah. talking about the sauce. I know. I'm talking about, like, fuck yeah. that dude. I hope yeah. they arrest his ass. Oh, you're talking about homeboy that threw the brick to the dude? In yeah, Mexico? like, fuck that dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he needs to be arrested. Yes, he needs to be arrested. But when it comes to Ambrose, and yes, I don't think that people expected him to be John Moxley, but, you know, more lunaticky, mm-hmm. More, you know what I'm saying, more more dangerous and and vicious and things of that nature. Dean has taken the expectations and went the other way. Instead of being, he was a guy who didn't have emotions and he was a guy who just lived on a whim. And now instead of going worse on that spectrum, he's got too many emotions. You know what I mean? So it's so different than what we expected that we don't know how to feel about it. I I love it because I appreciate the distinction and how he's trying to, change your perception of what you think he should be doing the thing i think the thing that's not connecting for me and it's not just a dean problem it's a heel problem in general i'm i'm over cheap i'm over cheap heat the same way i'm over cheap pops like got you cheap pop name the city and everybody cheers for you like this lame as shit i don't give a fuck cheap heat let's shit on the fans and let's shit on the city that they're in and let's talk about how the crowd is awful. It doesn't do it for me anymore. That's not heat for me. That's don't pay attention. Well, then most wrestling will be not pay attention for you, all companies, because... Oh, I said it's not a Dean-exclusive problem. Sure. Absolutely yeah. not just Dean. I'm just no longer moved by, oh, well, I don't want to be in Milwaukee because I don't want to get a disease. I will say this. That, that was part, a unique angle. It not only was a unique b- angle, but him getting the flu shots as he was talking was pretty was pretty different. I am I appreciate that, but I get your point. I do get your point, and I'm sure it's a, I'm sure a lot of people are disappointed because we know how good of a talker Dean is, and we know how good of an angle Dean and Seth can be. He don't write the promos, them. man. He don't write the promos. But but again, this is this is now this is an us problem. This is this is something that we. That, I, that we have an issue with. Because we cheer who we want, you see them have to do disparaging different things to the people who turn heel to make us boo them. Because we would still cheer Dean if he wasn't doing this stuff. Look at Shinsuke Nakamura. Look at Daniel Bryan. Look at Becky Lynch. Look at, like, look at our boy Joe. Look at our boy look Joe. Look at Joe. So I these can't things, wait to talk about that segment later. Oh, we, oh yeah, because that was fire. 
we we're gonna um well I, I don't know if you think it's fine i enjoyed the shit out of that oh i love that shit oh well I, I know you so i figured you did but i had to give you the benefit of the doubt <laughs> but so that's why they that's why they don't go right when you think they should go right with, with these heel turns you know what i mean well, like fine. nobody expected shinsuke nakamura his heel turn to be i'm just gonna kick you in the dick every time i see you but it's it's what they needed to do to submit him as a dastardly heel you know what i mean Mm-hmm. And not um, not backing that up with substance, notwithstanding. But so that's why the Dean thing doesn't bother me because if if Dean was doing what we expected him or wanted him to do, we would still be cheering him. And we need, and they need the company needs what we're throwing out. They need Seth to be standing alone w- with Braun as the two top baby faces on the hill. But you know, I'm glad you brought up with Roman out because I'm going to bring up again something that we talked about last week on the show, and that's it's not just Roman that's out, and that's part of Raw's problem. Yeah. That's a huge Kevin part of Sam. Raw's problem. Yeah, they're missing Roman, they're missing Braun, they're missing Kevin, they're missing Sammy. Like, yeah, all four of those guys are in the top half of the card, y'all. Like, yeah. all of them. We're watching yep. Bobby Lashley versus Elias for the eighth week in a row. Because they ain't got nobody fucking else who's not would, already doing shit. I would argue with respect and reverence to Ambrose and Rollins and now be kind of out of nowhere McIntyre. Kept, I mean, uh, Owens and Zayn are the top heels and Braun and Roman are the top faces. Mm-hmm. Or at least had been for the majority of the year. Owen and Zayn are the top heels because Owen and Zayn are awesome. But they are awesome, but they were also booked as the top heels. You know, well, until until they started getting phased out because of their injuries, they were right. booked as such. Yeah. That. Um. So yes, that's that's an important distinction to make. But let me tell you why I don't think this is the worst world of all time. It was very bad. Let me tell you, it was very bad. But let me tell you the distinction between it being bad and it not being the worst. Raw wasn't terrible because there was terrible segments. Raw was terrible because nothing was good. There's a difference between not being good and being bad. Am I making sense? I think so. Okay. There's a big difference between not being being between not being good and being bad. This is your life, Bailey. Is bad. Um, Bobby Lashley's three sisters in Men in Drag is bad. The only thing that you could even possibly put in that realm on this show was Drake Maverick pissing on the coat. And at least that had a buildup. Poor Bobby Roode. Like, they literally have pissed on this man now. Like, literally, there's right? No, there's no coming back from that. There's just no coming back from that. You better but turn the, that man heel. He better beat the dog shit out of Chad Gable next week. Well, maybe this is one of those situations where you know how, like, when they slam through uh when they when somebody gets speared through the stage they come up with a new stage or like someone drives a car and then the car gets wrecked they don't come up with a car no more or like jericho's uh uh ambrose rips jericho's jacket up so he stops coming out with jackets and comes out with scarves maybe it's one of those cases where he's not gonna come out with the robe no more i mean you know that wouldn't be the worst thing. He only started wearing the fucking robe because of the fortune shit with Ric Flair back in that company we don't talk about. No, this motherfucker was wearing the robe when he was A1. When he was with, the, not A1, but when he was with T- Team Canada. You remember that big ass red robe? I don't remember Robert Roode wearing a red robe. I might be misremembering. Team Canada was, 
Scott Demore was the manager. Yeah. Um, Petey Eric Williams, Young, Lil Pete Pump, Lil Don't Pete Fire Trump, Eric, and A1, who nobody seems to remember unless you're me, you, and probably Caleb. Because uh, he's been watching that long, too. Lil uh, Pump and Don't Pump. Don't Fire Eric. Every time there's Pyro, I'm going to be scared, even though I know it's coming. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he used to wear robes, too, then. But, um... So, the redeeming factor for me, I always have to find a positive spin in it. Shout out to Dave Finichel, who's supposed to be the eternal optimist, is this. In in the three major segments, there was something to carry over for next week. In the worst of the worst shows, there's nothing redeeming to carry over. At least you have three things in the main segments to carry over. In In the Corbin segments, you've established... That it's three and two. Braun's gone. Finn and Elias are going to stand up for good. Because last week they were booked in a tag match. This week they stood up on their own and said, this ain't right. We're fighting, we fighting for what's right. Okay? That's something which leads someone to believe that a third is going to show up to help. Probably Bray Wyatt. Number two, the Ambrose-Rollins thing. Rollins reminded the crowd that he is the best. And Ambrose continue to attack the crowd but they're continuing this Ambrose doesn't care about Rollins enough anymore to give him what he want what he wants to keep following okay and you know what help me understand because I didn't even watch the woman segment what happened which one the women's segment Nia that Alexa Bliss became the leader of the women's division or Nia X and Ronda Rousey? Nia and Ronda. Nia and Ronda. What happened with that? <sighs> so, I didn't watch that. So Nia and Tamina come down to the ring because they're like besties now. Because they're, they're Yeah, they're, you know, all, the, yeah, all that shit. Um, you say all that shit, bro, but we give all deference to the Tongans, Samoans, Fijians, and Polynesians, okay? Yeah, you're right. You're right. Shout they out respect to G-O-D. the bloodline. Shout out to G.O.D. You're right. We are wrong. Um, anyway, so Naya and Tamina come down to the ring, and Naya's talking about how, you know, she's she, the face breaker, right? Yep, she's the face breaker, and she's a badass, and blah blah blah, and she's gonna take the title. And so then Rhonda comes out, and Rhonda gets in her face and cuts. A promo about oh god what were Rhonda's words she did another one of those typical Rhonda promos where she's like emotions change instantly like out of nowhere (laughs) yeah yeah you know just another typical typical Rhonda shit typical Rhonda shit Uh, I I didn't hate it I didn't like it it was just there I kind of tuned out but so and I, well, I want you to tell me that part because I don't. I know what happened after that. I did, I didn't know what the promo was, but the redeeming thing three is, they finally remembered that Natty and Ronda are supposed to be friends on camera, which is giving either giving gonna give Ronda some help in the meantime, or Natty's gonna say fuck Ronda and turn to her eventually. And if you believe reports, because reports are reports, Natty Natty was supposed to be in the spot that Nia's in. But Natty Dad died, rest in peace, Anvil, and they can't, they couldn't turn her heel because it just wouldn't work. Well, and then Naya, you know, gave Becky Lynch a concussion and got natural heat with the crowd because the crowd loves Becky. Sure, but let's, but, but call a spade a spade, because the one thing I'm tired of among the internet is seeing people say that Naya is being rewarded for fucking up. No, 
Nia won the Battle Royal at Evolution to be the number one contender already. She no. was already getting the push. Now, I know you. I know you know the distinction. No, but it's what I was to know no, that. No, but what I was gonna say is, you know, people want it both fucking ways. People always complain about how the company is tone deaf and they don't do shit to respond to the crowd. Well, the crowd legit hates Nia now because Becky got hurt, and so they yeah. coined her the place breaker and are running with that shit. Like, I, I, you can miss me with that. They're you know, glorifying her, giving someone a concussion bullshit. This is fucking professional wrestling. Hell yeah, they're glorifying that. You know, somebody, I, man, I need to, when I see these things, I need to write these down because I, I like to shout people out. Mm-hmm. I don't like to just be the person that said, I saw this. I like to actually shout the person who I saw it because I like to be cited when I come up with something interesting. But somebody um, retweeted a tweet saying, if you ever see anybody complaining about Naya and how she's being pushed, what she's doing, Show them this. And it showed Owen wearing the Owen 316, I just broke your neck shirt. That's a lot worse than a broken than a broken nose and a concussion. He paralyzed that man. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, he fucking did. So, like, that that is that's the one thing about how our, our culture has gotten so sensitive. And me and you are two of the people who are mo- are more of the understanding i think people in the society and try to be respectful of everybody's opinions and creed and background and this that and the other but the one negative of the ultra um sensitivity is we forget the same things we used to love now we got a problem with it without remembering the past well what upsets me about it is i just got done talking about how i hate cheap heat this is the kind of heat I'm talking about. Like, this is some heat I can sink my teeth into. You hurt somebody, and so now you're a badass, and you're tough because you landed a fluke punch and blah, blah, blah. Like, this is the kind of heat I can sink my teeth into. Yeah, give me more of this shit. Give me more of a reason to hate this bitch. And you know, the, 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 the making it put a full circle on the whole Naya story, the, the interesting thing to me, is that if you're gonna say that Becky's night was iconic because of the blood and how she looked, then you have to cite that Nia did it, and then you have to look at that as a positive because it wouldn't have went out the same way had Becky not had that blood. It would have been a good a good segment, but the blood well, made crazy, it iconic. Well, it's just like you know, um, accidental blood always makes me think of Finn and Samoa Joe when they had was it their first match at Takeover or their second match at this Takeover? This was the one in London. Uh, okay, yeah, they're matched well, in London, yeah. where um, they Joe got cut on accident. Yeah, when Joe got cut open on accident, but it made the it made it so much better because I mean Samoa Joe's a bad motherfucker, like yes. he just is. We're gonna get to his fire ass promos in a minute, but <laughs> yes. you give that man some accidental blood too, like he is an animal, and it just dials it up to eleven. And I love that that's the one time when they come in to try to clean it up. It worked because they kept pushing them off and kept getting more and more pissed. And they kept trying to clean them up. Yeah, but dude I, is an animal. The most notable moment is Hart Austin because Austin didn't get cut. He didn't blade. It was an accidental cut. Like he got cut hard that's way. An, I was going to say that's an impressive hard way. That, yeah, that is an iconic look of the but, blood dripping down his head. That's how you know it's hard so way. Though, because iconic. if you... 
if you blade, it's only supposed to – if and Austin knows how to blade. He's, he started wrestling in the 80s. Oh, I mean, I know Austin knows how to blade. Uh, speaking of, you want to talk about bad blade jobs? Nobody has more bad blade jobs than Austin and The Rock. Those motherfuckers would oh. crawl under the ring for like five minutes at a time. Well, no, Shawn Michaels might have him beat, but yes, th- those three are the kings of that. Ooh. Yes, just like. Um, but yeah, that's how you know it was, that's how you know it's hard way because it was bubbling, it was it wouldn't stop. It's it much like um well no Eddie messed up his when he when he was bleeding in the Judgment Day match he bladed but Eddie he fucked up but yeah um so yeah man we're always bad but. So, okay, we, I don't, I was listening to Busted Open and they said something that I agree with that I say to you all the time. I don't just want to be the dude that bitches. Let's come up with solutions. All right. At least, well, hold on. Let me ask you, one one segment, we can talk all of it, but one segment in particular, I need you to tell me what can we do to fix it. All right. AOP, Rude and Gable, and Drake the Pisser. How can we fix it? And you can't retcon it. So we have not, to no, no, we Monday. can't retcon it. Um, How can we fix this? Okay. So we've got to bring back serious Bobby Roode. We don't necessarily have to bring back heel Bobby Roode. Can they be the, can they be the same, though? Can serious Bobby Roode be a face? Beer money. Beer yeah, money. That's a, but that's a different lifetime and a different company. I know it's a different lifetime and a different company, but your question was, can serious Bobby Roode be a face? In Beer Money, during the time that they were faces, he was still serious, but and it, it uh, worked. Maybe I, should change, maybe I should change the question. Can serious Bobby Roode be a face in the WWE sphere? Not will they. Because very clearly they could if they wanted I to. I think it's Can I think he? it's hard. I think it's harder within the kayfabe of the WWE sphere because he doesn't have as much credibility. And that's kind of what I'm leading to. Like he, you know, his only main roster credibility is he was the U.S. champion, and um, the implications over at LOP said it best about the U.S. title division in his most recent column. Um, what the fuck is the U.S. title division? Who are the challengers? What is the what is the hierarchy there? That belt is meaningless. Shout out to Imp. Yeah, shout out to Imp. Um, But like, no, that belt is only, that belt is the never open weight title of the WWE. It is only as prestigious as the person who holds it. That's disrespectful considering who's holding it now. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) it's it's the facts though. That belt only means as much as the person holding it. I hate to agree with that, dog, but you're right. Um, and if that's it has Bobby Roode's only credibility, so like, well, I mean, yeah, okay, a main rock credibility. Like, no, I was gonna say, in the eyes of the fans, he has not credibility, but he has, um, well, Bobby's clout factor. Yeah, like Bobby's got. He has, cl- yeah, he's got clout with the fans, but credibility. No, you're right. Absolutely right. Um, I mean, first thing we got to do, though, to fix this whole situation is fucking Drake Maverick, the pisser's got to stop with the P thing like that. that that's got to stop off rip. OK, that's, that's my number one. Um, number two. I hate to I, I hate to say that the best way to deal with something is to end the feud itself. But like. 
Gable and Rude don't have credibility to be t- challenging for the tag titles right now. The Raw tag division is so trash that they've yeah. got nothing else. And but, they've won consistently since they've been teaming. But, like, realistically, the problem is that tag division is so broken. And the best way we can fix that is by getting more tag teams in or establishing the tag teams we've got. I don't think, well, no, it's not even that it's not going to happen, but we've talked about some of those tag teams can't be a stat, like salvage. You can't salvage Ascension. You can't salvage Heath Slater and Rhino. You can't salvage B team at this point. Like, I think I, the, I, the only one of those two, three I think you can salvage is the Ascension only because give them some new makeup and because they, they have a fire gimmick, they have fire music, they have a fire entrance. It's just revisionist history. You know a tag team I want them to feature? And and this tag team hasn't been seen in quite some time because one of them has been injured for a while. Uh-oh. My, my, my former favorite tag team on the SmackDown Live brand, my, my precious Breezango. I want Breezango to be established as a legitimate team because I miss the fashion files. By the way, uh, just on a side real quick, Tyler Breeze made an appearance at the NXT tapings tonight. Yo, man, I mean, I mark for Tyler Breeze, especially NXT Tyler Breeze. She yeah. and, he, and he Prince was NXT Pretty, Tyler Breeze. Prince he Pretty was... is the greatest. Love that shit. Raw could use some Prince Pretty right now. And 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 uh, Dango's healthy. He's 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 finishing up rehab and getting just getting healthy yeah. again. Bring so Breeze very soon to be back. Bring Breezango back and make them not geeks because you know what? Fandango's decent enough and Tyler Breeze can fucking go. Dango can go. Interesting. Yeah. Is the thing. Like, they're charismatic and fun and interesting with that Zoolander gimmick that they got going. But they have to be funny. Yeah. They they can't be serious all of a sudden. They have to still be funny. Yeah. No, they've definitely got to still be funny, but they can be funny and still win matches and be legitimate. Completely agree, but I just want, I just need, it needs to be known that WWE and comedy is a hit or miss thing. So I, I hope that's that, why, that does... I think that's why they're so hit or miss. WWE with comedy, like, in order for a comedic team to still be taken seriously, they have to fucking win matches. Yes. You can't job out your comedy people because then all they are is a cheap laugh. Yeah, Santino. Yes, and like, and so like, that's my thing. They can be the goofy fashion files comedy dorks with the funny segments, as long as the New Day are a great example of that. The New Day are funny, goofy, like making jokes sure. most of the time team, but then sure. they have matches and they fucking win. And and I cite the Brizango Usos feud on SmackDown. To your point, it was the most ridiculousness, completely. Breeze was dressing in different clothes during the match, yeah, and then like the, but the, matches was, the matches were great. Yeah, and each character had a different thing. Like, he would put on that fucking janitor costume and start sweeping <laughs> around the ring. With the bald head. Yes, and it was the greatest <laughs> shit. Like, that was so much fun. Yeah. Raw's that might be division is so trash that they need that kind of fun. That might be that might be the savior of the tag division. I like. I didn't even think about that. So, I want to say this, though. So the pissing thing, I want to focus on that for just a second. I was okay with everything that happened. I was okay with him peeing on himself at Survivor Series. I was okay with the jokes last week. I was okay with all of that. Because if the goal was, hey, I had a bad moment, 
but I got these behemoths here. Y'all gonna make fun of me. I'm we finna beat y'all ass. It'd have been perfect. They went. They I think they crossed the line for me. Not from a just. It went. It it jumped the shark for me. I was gonna say he had. He kept going. Yeah, it's not and, that. Yeah. It's not crossed the line in terms of there's some kind of moral objection. It's crossed the no. line in terms of it is now too sophomoric for me to be amused. And and is and it's stupid. Like I, that's I'm what okay I'm saying. Like this is humor. too. This is just too stupid. juvenile and too dumb for me to laugh at. It just doesn't make any sense. It's just dumb and all. And, and, Especially and all because level. the first time, the first time he pissed when he allegedly pissed himself, it, it was, was supposed legit. to be a fear thing. Yes, and like, I get that. Like, oh, I'm backed into court. No, this time it was like, okay, well now I just pee on things. I'm the guy that pees on stuff. And and again, like I said, until the actual. Until the actual incident, <laughs> I got it because if you remember last Monday, shout out to the homie Real Life Kaz, the writer. He was the black dude with the camp with the phone who was making fun of him, and then uh, uh, Gable and and Rude made fun of him. So I get why he has a vendetta against them. And for some reason, AOP, he's the one person in the locker room they listen to. Why Drake? I don't know. So I can get why that would start a feud and they would have beef. I understand that. That makes sense. You're using something that you did as a little com- comedic moment to build to a real feud. A plus. A plus plus. And then you go and have the man piss on the damn jacket. Yep. But yes. Yep. Uh, man. So yeah, it, it was it was really bad. It wasn't... It was... It was... It was... Uh, it wasn't a it wasn't a bad like I'm disgusted bad. It was a bad like why am I watching this bad? Well, that's what I'm saying. And like some of the th- some of the things are fixable. Some of the things are fixable. A so lot like of the things are fixable. Seth Rollins versus Dolph Ziggler pissed me off because you're doing this open challenge thing yeah, again, and it's that like okay, you've got all these possibilities of people that you can bring on, talent that you don't utilize, talent that are you know. Bring in one of the 205 guys. Bring in one of the lower card guys that's not doing anything right now. Bring in, like, have somebody return from injury. So many different options you could have gone with. Bring in an NXT guy just for the night. Mm-hmm. You've been hyping Lars Sullivan and where is he going to go and he's a free agent and blah, blah, blah. Have him come out and challenge. Fuck it. Yeah. Like, this is a one-off thing, so let's rehash Let's rehash a match that can only make me think of how much I hate the Pittsburgh crowd. <laughs> so, so, so I will defend WWE for this, and I, I, I was very upset with it being Dolph too. So I'm not defending that. I'm not defending who it was. But let me, let me defend him on this, on this situation. We have in our mind the John Cena open stuck in our minds. The reason the John Cena Open worked so well was because he wasn't feuded with anybody. So it was legitimately, hey, whoever wants to wrestle, wrestle. Seth is in a feud. So because he's in a feud right now, a blood feud at that, a very serious feud at that, you can't just bring up some regular dude or some random dude. I mean, people were thinking Mustafa Ali, that'll never happen. Or, you know, but a Mojo Raleigh or anybody. You can't just bring them up and do that, and it exists in its own plane, because the focus has to be back on Seth and Dean. So the reason why Dolph worked in that respect is because Dolph is the best in the world, right? He just got through with that feud, was about the best in the world thing. 
So Seth beating him clean. Yo, man, Shane McMahon's the best in the world. Don't you remember? I, I know, but him yes. and Miz are co-besties. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you you know what I say. Um, but it reminds the crowd that Seth is the best in the world, and further reminds them that Dean is keep run, keeps running from him. I, I would. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't disagree with you, but I still think you could have used Mojo Raleigh for that because Mojo's a geek. He's a heel right. geek. So, like, right. he but can't feel the focus from anybody because he's a geek. But there's a difference between being dominant and being good. You wanted to show that Seth was – he could get in a fight, and he, can, and he could really have a great match in this. You didn't just want him to dominate somebody. I'm sorry, sir. It's 2018. Seth Rollins isn't trying to prove to anybody that he can dominate a match. Yes, he is. He's trying to prove it to Dane Ambrose. Oh, Dean Ambrose, who's never – Wait a minute, wait a minute. Dean Ambrose, who's never beaten him one-on-one? That Dean Ambrose? The Dean Ambrose, 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 Ambrose who lost to him repeatedly for the WWE title? That Dean Ambrose? Ambrose won one. He won one time. He won one time. Okay, one time. They feuded for how many months? That's not the point. He won one time. Uh, okay. But, but, then, but no, two times. Two times because there was a dusty finish, remember? Well, oh, I thought you were going to say technically two times because that's who he cashed in the money in a bank on. Oh, shit, three times. <laughs> <laughs> hey, facts, brother. Facts. <laughs> and then he lost the title to AJ by dick kick. AJ, who just lost the title by dick kick, won the title by dick kick. So, you know, I, I think it's full circle. I feel like it's karma. You win it how you you lose it how you won it. <laughs> well, no, that's not how he lost it the first time. Remember, the first time he lost it to Randy Orton. Not Randy, John Cena. John Cena? Oh, fuck, that's right. It was John Cena. Royal Rumble, the match that everybody said. Yeah, made and then John Cena lost it to Bray Wyatt, and then I've I refuse to acknowledge the Bray Wyatt-Randy Orton feud or anything about it. Go away, Randy Orton. Just go away. Oh, but he's going to get some love tonight. He's going to get some love tonight. From you. Yes. Um. Yeah, well, we, we can move on from Raw, man. I think we've talked about it enough. I just, people remember, man, episodic television ain't easy to write, and I realize it's not this hard. <laughs> it's not this hard, but it's not easy. And... Oh, you know, also, fucking fix Sasha and Bailey. Like, Jesus oh, Christ, they're awful. Okay, that's a you. You can't say fix Sasha and Bailey. You have to say do something for Sasha and Bailey. No, because fix you can't fix something. Sasha and Bailey because that shit is awful. They're not doing anything. That's what's awful about it. So how can you fix something that's not being done? I can't fix my air conditioner if I don't have one. You live in Houston, sir. I hope you have an air conditioner. I got multiple. I have air conditioning and fans in every damn room. I was going to say, <laughs> you in the swamp ass country. Ooh, it's hot in this room now. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's move on to SmackDown because um, SmackDown's doing a lot of things right. And SmackDown is, thankfully, getting the level of love that I always have held for SmackDown. But SmackDown I'm going to say this, y'all. But I'm going to say this. Y'all, only, y'all bandwagoners only think SmackDown is so good because Raw has been so bad. Preach. I love SmackDown. I mark for SmackDown. I sing SmackDown song to any and every wrestling fan who will listen. Rance knows this because I sing yeah. its praises to him even when it's bad. Like, the fuck out of me. I will defend the Miz's terrible character right now because I love SmackDown. 
and I will overlook how bad the Mrs. character is right now because I mark for that show. <laughs> but the rest of y'all only think SmackDown is doing so great because Raw is so bad that all SmackDown has to do is try a little bit. Yeah. And they look amazing by comparison. Yeah, you're right. And it's, it's an excellent point. It's like, it's like the bare fucking bit of book. If we look at this week's SmackDown, Daniel Bryan wasn't even on the show, y'all. Wasn't nope. even on the show. Nope. But when AJ gave a promo, it furthered that feud. Oh, I got you one better. What was the main event? A battle royal. For the women, where the winner is going to be added to Charlotte versus Becky in a TLC match for the women's and title. And Sonya Deville was the was the runner-up. And, and they were shout lit. the fuck out to Sonya Deville. That is She's my homegirl. They need to so push good. her as a dominant heel in that division. Well, not she's heel. There's too many she's heels baby. already. She's turning baby now. She's she, she's turning baby now. And and shout out to Sonya Deville for having a badass catchphrase. Put your hair up and square up is fucking catchy as shit. It is. I just need her to stop doing her little. Leave leave the punches. Leave the shadow boxing when you come out and when you come out of the, come out to the ring to Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. Because hers just looks so choreographed, and theirs look like they're really actually shadow boxing. Like, but I will say this though, I will say this. First of all, she can actually fight. We know this. She's got fighting Facts. backgrounds. Like she can actually Facts. fight. Second of all, I'm gonna need her and Oscar in a like take the cuffs off strong style match. That'd be fun. I need that. In Is my she ready life. though? Is she's she ready not for that ready against yet. She's not ready yet. But I got enough of a taste on Tuesday night at the end of that battle royal when they were fighting on the ring apron and shit. Like, I got enough of a taste that I need that in my life. If I gave you Asuka versus Shinsuke right now in a strong style match, Asuka might knock him out. Not That's like, how cold Asuka is. Shinsuke ain't lasting to the third round. Shit. Asuka gonna choke his ass out. Well, we, we do have to remember, though, that even though we have this version of Shinsuke. And we'll talk about him, too, because he has something of no, note old, like for once. old. I'm talking, like, she younger and fire well, and faster. Oscar's like, 36. No, she ain't that old. I thought she was She's only, old, like, 32. Well, well we, have, we have Google. I was just going to say, you will Google this. Yes. So while we're Googling this, let's, 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 let's talk about SmackDown. And so... The man is back. Oh, she is 37. Shit. I thought she was much younger than that. No, she's old as hell. That's why when Suzuki beat her ass, Suzuki looked young. <laughs> when he beat her ass in that match, Suzuki was young. <laughs> it was a minute ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's big sister. She's big sister to Io Shirai and Kairi Sane. Um, uh, but Becky's back. So let me ask you this, because you pray at the altar of Queen Rebecca. I do. I do love her. How did you see her return going? How did you respond to her? How did you like her return? What did you think of it? And the promo battle with Charlotte, who do you think won it? Because I have a different, I'm sure I have a different opinion than you. I mean, I thought that this was kind of early for her return. I thought they were going to hold her out until, like, Rumble season, but I mean, it's fine. I'm cool. I'm cool with her coming back. It's whatever. Um, I thought that this week was probably her weakest promo of like her hot streak. Not to say that it was bad or that it was like no, like 
unbearable because it was still good. It just wasn't like that hot fire that she's been spitting, um, which is, you know, law of diminishing returns anyway. Um, as far as the promo battle with Charlotte, like, I don't really know. I don't, I wouldn't say either of them won because I didn't think either of them did all that great. Like it was just more of the same from both of them. Like a little bit of a different direction for Charlotte than what she's been doing now. I don't know if she's going tweener or what the deal is with that, but uh, oh, no. <laughs> we, we've joked about this all the time. WWE books their books their heels to be faces because they know that they nobody they can't book faces for shit, so they just book you to be vicious and then you know the crowd's gonna cheer for you. Yeah, I guess that's what they're doing with Charlotte. I don't fucking know. Um, like, if I had to choose a winner, I'd probably give it to Charlotte because like Becky's clapbacks were meh. The one thing I do agree with, though, is I said it last week. I was like, all right, so, like, Charlotte going back to back to bad doing this Becky-style shit. So, like, Becky got a point. She do, but we have to remember that Charlotte was doing that two years before Becky was doing Yeah, that. but Charlotte's also been, like, kissing babies for... You're right. This, well, yes, you're right. With I, recency bias, yes, you're absolutely right. So... Um, I wanted to, for the record, Charlotte won that to me for two reasons. Number one, she got the crowd to cheer her, to to be shocked at the things she was saying, then to boo her in the span of five minutes. That's impressive. And number two, <laughs> Charlotte said, shut your mouth, and Becky was like, oh! <laughs> if you tell somebody to shut their mouth in an argument and shut their mouth, you won. Um, um, I am glad that they're added a third woman. To this match because I was yeah. not feeling the thought of the two of them going back one more again, even in a TLC match. Agreed. So, so like, can I can I tell you my because so I I was so worried they were gonna push Mandy Rose and I was gonna hate it because oh, no. I, I know I know I'm probably the only one, but you know I'm the gay host, so I'll just say it. I fucking hate Mandy Rose. Nothing about Mandy Rose does it for me. They could fire her ass tomorrow, and I would not be upset. Well, none of us like Mandy, but she's fine as fuck, and she and she's decent. She's not trash. She has she has tons of potential. She's much better than Eva Marie was her entire career. Well, I mean, Eva Marie was hot garbage. Right, but they they had the same background and they had the same push, and Eva never progressed. Except for the fact that she did a, a mildly decent slice bread. Speaking of speaking of the the for lack of a better term, hot women on the roster, you know who I'm gonna give a shout out to this week? I'm gonna give a shout out to Lana because Lana wants to be good as a wrestler really badly. And you can tell that she's trying very hard to improve her ring work. She I'm not saying that she's great. No. I'm there. not saying that she's good. Like she's not. But I appreciate that she's trying to get better and she's putting in the work and I really appreciate that about Lana. Lana's not good, but neither is Carmella. Realistically, if we're talking about like, ring, neither Car- Carmella of them good. Can, but, but Carmella can have a competent 10-minute match. Car- Lana can't have a competent 3-minute match. Nah, nah. It's a shame. It's a shame. Her husband's so good in the ring. She's just so... Oof. But she's trying yeah, but, so hard. 
but her husband came to this country with the purposes of learning how to wrestle. Lana was an actress who's been in major, major feature films who just happened to fall in love with a dude who was a wrestler and fell in love with the business. So I get why she didn't catch to her like Rusev did, because he was sleeping in cars while he was training to learn to wrestle and working two jobs. So, like, you kind of got to get good when that's that's your life. Mm-hmm. And, was, and, and shout out to Naomi because, of course... That hashtag ass. relationship goals. No, no, no. Hashtag that ass. But, uh, relationship goals too, but hashtag that ass. Um, so I, I, you're gonna be upset at me for this, but you know that I have my reservations about this version of Becky. I acknowledge and I believe in my soul that she is killing the game right now and is, in fact, possibly the hottest thing in, in, the, in, in the company. I see that and agree with that 100%. But my reservations are this. I don't they never like have however... more than one women's feud at a time, and so the second she loses the title, they're just gonna backburner her. I haven't even let them, I haven't let that get to my mind because <laughs> I don't see her losing the belt for a minute. Um, but no, my issue is that um, I don't like how so many people jump to her side all of a sudden, and that put her in a different stratosphere than she was before so now all their eyes are on her right and oftentimes when and you're not gonna like me saying this but i I believe this oftentimes in wrestling and entertainment in general when you get put on that kind of pedestal without earning it i'm not saying she hasn't earned it in the ring i'm not saying any of that but i'm what i'm saying is the Normally, when a wrestler gets to that level of popularity and notoriety, there was a build to get into that point. There was no build with her. She turned on somebody, and all of a sudden, she's the toppest thing in the world. There was no, let's get here, the turn happened, and then we're going to do this feud, and then that feud, and then we're going to build to this. It was overnight, all of a sudden, much like the Rooster Blade thing. Overnight, all of a sudden, hey, we like Becky because Becky turned on the person we, we hate. Had Becky done that exact same turn on anybody else on the roster, nobody would have cared. So that was always my concern about that is that ultimately, where is it going to go? And last night was a very small microcosm of it because a lot of the best wrestlers of themselves turned up to 10, right? If you know Rebecca Quinn, this is not her. None of this is her. None of this is her. She's the the, the quip-making uh, I got a pun for everything, fun-loving chick. I don't doubt that this is an aspect of her personality, but largely this is not her turn to 10. So you can only have so many insults, and eventually it's going to start running thin. And that's my concern for her, is that as we go along and we keep going, and she doesn't have the perfect foil that Rhonda was because Rhonda couldn't respond at all. She was trash in every response she gave. As we keep going, and we keep going further and further and further, she's going to lose, little by little, all of the crowd. She's always going to be over, because she's great. But I'm I'm scared that she might have a gratuitous drop, eventually. And I'm scared for her, because she deserves, from her career and how great she is, to be where she is. But that's my concern for her. I see your face, and I know you. I just you got problems with that. No, I, 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 I'm still caught up on this didn't earn it thing, and I'm just gonna let it go. But you, you, I'm but just I don't gonna think let you understand what I'm saying. So, okay, this is what I mean. This is what I mean. 
Oh, when I think Austin, I understood what you meant, but, okay. but, but when when Austin when when Austin first turned heel, turned face after the Bret Hart debacle, he feuded with Bret Hart for damn near a year. But what did I just right? say about the women's booking as a division? That's that's part of what you're talking about with this build. They don't do long-term, drawn-out feuds outside of the title with the women. You're right, but I don't think that has anything to do with this particular situation. And that, and you're, you're absolutely right. I cannot agree with you more. And but they spent this, months building her up. No, no, they spent m- months building the heel turn. Not her. They, they spent months building the heel turn. Can, can you at least agree on that? I, they didn't no, build, spend months no, building her. No, they built her up. She had to beat the entire roster to get that original she did, title but, shot. But what I mean is, if they built her up, what do you remember about her at that time other than Hilton? That she hadn't been used in forever, and I was really happy that they were finally using her again. Right. So what I'm saying is, they didn't build any character up. They didn't build anything about her personality. They built up the fact that she had to keep winning because she had to earn it, and, and Charlotte didn't. And then she lost, and she turned. They built up, a, they built up the heel turn. I mean, and I, if you disagree, I respect that. It's cool, and I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm really not trying to shit on Becky here because I know it sounds like I am. I'm not trying to say she doesn't deserve this spot or she didn't earn this spot in totality. What I'm saying is, with a lot of the, these wrestlers who have ascended to this spot, John Cena, The Rock, Shawn Michaels, Roman Reigns, and Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose, a lot of these guys didn't just pop up all of a sudden one night and the next day we're talking about them as the biggest thing in the company. There was a, a grind to that top, and there were steps to that top. That's why a lot of people didn't like Roman Reigns, because it was a very small step. Most people want the long, gratuitous steps. And I'm not saying, and yes, she got built up for the heel turn, but once she turned heel, literally the next night people said she's the greatest thing in wrestling. She just she just beat up a person. Like she hadn't done anything from a character perspective in kayfabe to earn this adulation. It's just one of those things where the crowd likes to cheer for things because they're but I'd argue, No, but I'd argue the crowds that have been going to events, because we've talked about, you know, the people that go at this point are mostly like the fan fans. Mm-hmm. Becky's always been over with that part of the crowd. Always. She ain't getting Austin-level pops or anything, but that part of the right. crowd has always stand for Becky. They just needed a reason to be able to loudly stand for Becky. You're right. You're right. But conventional wisdom and 30, 40, 50 years of history shit tells you that the things Becky did would cause a to them to not like her anymore. Which is why I'm saying if this Gotta keep to the modern any, zeitgeist in mind though, man. That's modern fine, zeitgeist but the modern, is to like Love all right. the things that you're not supposed to and hate everything that you are supposed to. Good you're is right, bad, but, bad is good. But it's only modern zeitgeist because of Charlotte. Had it been Car- had she turned on Carmella? No, I'm talking about the modern Lauren. cultural zeitgeist. I agree, but what I'm saying on is... on a wide basis. Sure, you're right. But had Becky done this to any other human being alive in that company other than Charlotte, nobody would have cared the way they did. Because That's Charlotte's the, the only woman on the roster who's that level of a main eventer. And no, 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 that's not why. That's not why. That's no, I, I argue that it is why. It matters because Charlotte matters. If she'd have done it to Carmella, Carmella don't fucking matter. I disagree with that. I disagree with that. I think the reason why, and this is this is good shit here. 
I think the reason why it mattered that it was Charlotte is because Charlotte and Becky have been hand in hand for the past two years. And if you go further back, the past four, five, six, going back to NXT. And it's very well known that the crowd, the crowd knows that Charlotte is, is Becky your best friends. And the crowd knows that Charlotte gets these opportunities and Becky doesn't. So it was, it was, it was in sense, it was in a sense a revolt of sorts that they were tired of Charlotte and they wanted Becky and they wanted Becky to have that moment so bad and she lost it because of Charlotte. So when she turned on Charlotte, Charlotte could have been in the undercard, but their relationship is what caused it because of the relationship they had. I mean, I know what you're saying. I just feel like the reason people wouldn't have cared, people wouldn't have cared, period, if it were most of these other women is because most of the other women don't matter on that level. Charlotte is on, like, that next level shit. Charlotte is on that Trish and Lita level. If you want people to give a fuck about you, you, or if you want people to give a fuck about what's going on, you got to make it matter. If she'd have done this turn against Naomi, I love Naomi. You love Naomi. But if she'd have done this turn against Naomi, they're still on the fucking mid card. So doesn't that say something about Becky? Doesn't that say about Becky to you? What, what do you mean? In what, in, what, like, in what sense do you mean? I don't understand the question. What, what, I think what I'm trying to say is that if Becky was the performer that we think she is, and Becky was as over in a earned sense the way we think she is, should she have been able to get this this reaction regardless of who she turned on? Because we would be invested in her and not invested in who she's feuding with? I don't necessarily put that... See, I don't put that on her as much as I put that on the way that the company books the women outside okay. of a certain like handful. Ronda is allowed to have main events. Charlotte yes. was allowed to have main events. Back, like, three years ago, Sasha Banks was allowed to have main events. Not so much anymore, but, like, three years ago, she was allowed to have main events. Um, But, like, for the most part, they don't book the women as the main event. And so Becky, on her own, had been there for that long and had been there this whole time. Becky has been women's champion before. This is not her first run with the title. Right, right. And so if she'd have done it against the other women, it's still a mid-card feud because they're still seen as the mid-card. If you want to make Becky a main eventer, this is her stepping stone. Charlotte is okay. her her leg up into that next level. Now, your concern is valid because with anybody getting pushed, the concern is always what comes next. Remember when Braun was that hot shit? Mm-hmm. That shit ain't so hot no more. So, I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not. I get. You, I get what you're saying, and I think we're on the same wavelength in terms of our understanding for each other. But I'm not talking about this in terms of a spot on the card. I'm talking about this in terms of an interest of the crowd to in a, in a in a in a person. And very clearly, while people liked Becky, the crowd wasn't into her then, but they are now. Something changed overnight. And what I'm saying is it only changed because of Charlotte. So if Becky is the character and the person that we think she is as a performer, as a character, then it shouldn't have mattered who she turned on. They would have been invested in her enough to still give her the reverence and the clout she has now. 
And that is why I'm scared that she's going to lose it. And that's why I'm saying that it's not earned. See, she that's didn't see she wasn't allowed to talk very much before. Also, we have to keep in mind, like I'm not saying she got great. I'm not saying no. she got great stuff. No, no, I'm not yeah. talking about getting great stuff. I'm talking about she didn't have like, anything. You're she right. She didn't have promos, period, before. So like, no, there's 100%. no reason to invest in someone you don't see. That's not true. Rusev didn't have promos either. Yeah, Rusev had people who were interesting around him. Okay, but what? So did so did Becky. What I'm saying is, we can make every excuse in the world for Becky not having this, but WWE fans have shown that Zack Ryder did a, had a YouTube show. They'll cheer who they want if that person they they deem worth cheering. Becky yeah, didn't get that until she did something. Writer anymore. No, nobody is now. But you know what I'm saying. So I'm just saying that he still I'm got a paycheck though. Becky. He's he's getting he's getting them checks. I'm scared for her because I don't feel like the level she's at was earned in the eyes of the crowd from a performer wrestling perspective i feel like she's the flavor of the month essentially and she deserves better than that because she's a much better person better wrestler and better character than that but the character didn't earn the clout she has so when the gratuitous drop happens i'm scared that it's going to be a lot sooner than later see i just i i feel like and i'm explaining the... this over over enough not for you but for the crowd because i don't want to be left as a becky well, i just feel like nobody there there aren't a lot of people that are over in the way that you're describing anyway really there's not there's like three or four maybe on the roster that are over at the level you're describing so realistically anybody that you push you would have that same fear for because of what i just said what comes next is always what matters most you're right, but there's nobody else in the crowd that people. There's nobody else on the roster. People are saying it's the next Austin, and people are because like, people I, want that. I, I, you're right, but I'm. I'm. What I'm saying is I've read, and we need to move on because I don't want to just make this all about Becky. Because I don't want again. I don't I'm want to all sound right like with the podcast being all about Becky. I love Becky. Okay, but I no, do too. I, no, but anyway, whether or not I sound like I do, I do too. But I. I may not tweet a lot, but I'm on Twitter all the time, and, I, and I've been a very card—I've been a card-carrying member of the IWC most of my life. I can't remember a time in the Shield era. I think that's when things kind of changed, and this new era started when the Shield debuted, where you had a character that maybe even since Punk, since Punk and Brian, that you that that you that that a character where people were so in love with that they were even they were they were making every single joke and 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 quip and everything about she's the business in this that and the other has a character ever been as good at twitter as becky lynch yeah i'm sure there has been yeah because <laughs> that's my only clap back to that has a character ever been as good on twitter as becky is right now i would argue Champa is Oh, okay. I would agree, but Champa's NXT, and we have all agreed that NXT is its own totally different animal. But it's there. There, there are. In fact, I'll give you one who's not even wrestling. Who's not even wrestling for WWE? Stokely Hathaway is awesome at Twitter. And now Becky is great. I'm not trying to diminish her. She's amazing at Twitter. Might be the best of all of them. I'm just. I'm just. But trying I think to... that's. But I think that's responsible for some of the reaction that you're seeing, especially among that set of the fans if you've got a star on the biggest stage and the biggest platform 
because let's be real, SmackDown has 2.2 to 2.5 million consistent viewers every week. That's a much bigger audience probably than Stokely and Ciampa are dealing with. As much as NXT is popular, I would be... There aren't 2 million network subscribers. So, so like, Becky's got the biggest audience of those people. And if you've got someone who's that good at social media on social media with that kind of a platform, then that's the way people are going to talk because it's 2018 and hyperbole goes everywhere. Um, How many people do you realistically know that wrestle that fans and reports from the, the creative team alike are saying that she, they might per this person might realistically main event WrestleMania. It's only a handful of people. And it's like one hand that you can say that about. And Becky's in the conversation now, Based off of what I don't think, I don't feel like she's earned from a character perspective. I think that's just, I, I think that's all I'm trying to to express to you and the listeners is that Rebecca Quinn deserves to be here. Becky Lynch, the wrestler, deserves to be here. Becky Lynch, the character, doesn't. That's why she's a great heel. Heels get things they don't deserve. She's not a heel, right? That's what you told me. Heels get things they don't deserve, man. You keep saying she turned heel, so. She's I, a great I heel. thought so too. She, I, can, can you tell? I don't know what they're doing with these heels and faces no more. I don't either because at this point because down gets, is up and up is down. Right? Daniel Bryan's, uh, Daniel Bryan's in the heel. Daniel Bryan's been the heel for six months. We've been saying that shit. We told everybody Daniel was the heel. We did. We told we did. everybody we the Miz is the face, y'all. The Miz is the face. Sure enough, the Miz is assassinating his excellent character and trying to be a goofy tag team with fucking Shane McMahon. And we Daniel Bryan is schizophrenic. We need our credit for that. We Daniel see. Bryan is essentially Daniel Bryan is essentially Mojo Jojo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've already told you, Daniel Bryan's fucking Smeagol. Like, all he needs to do is start calling the title his precious, and he's fucking Smeagol. Right but down then, to the third person speak. Wouldn't Champa be Smeagol? No. Champa is more like Mojo Jojo. Daniel Bryan is speaking about himself in the third person. That's a good point. Like Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan sat in his hyperbolic chamber. <laughs> <laughs> did you speak of that? Did you like the AJ promo? Uh, before I get to the AJ promo, I want to say one other thing about the Daniel Bryan's promo that I noticed watching the video recap from last week that just shows you how like ridiculous the uh, they are sometimes to those of us who pay attention to small details um dan o'brien talking about the yes movement is fucking over meanwhile his championship plates are yes 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 (laughs) absolutely got the fucking title over his shoulder with his yes 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 custom plates on the side and he's talking about the yes movement is over you gonna get new plates if he don't have new plates when he comes out on Tuesday, then that yes. man, Daniel Bryan, is a fucking liar, and he is full of shit. <laughs> I'm looking forward to when he comes back this week. I better see changed. no plates. Well, I want to I see I want to see the different Tron. Like, they changed Becky's Tron? Yeah. Yeah. I want to see, see, see Bryan's Tron. Because there's no yes movement, so... If he's gonna really be super villain, he's gonna be Lex Luthor, Smeagol. Yeah, like um, that's what the fuck I'm saying. Um, as far as did I like the AJ promo? I mean, 
I'm ready for AJ to not be in the WWE title picture personally. So like, eh. Well, he was on the rematch, right? So yeah, whatever. Like, let's get this over with and move on. Um, They're gonna have a great match at TLC, by the way. Sure. Sure, I have no doubt that they will. Um, do I care anymore about AJ versus Danny Bryan? No. Am I gonna watch the match? Yeah. Well, you know, every now and then, I think it's okay for us to turn our brains off and just watch good wrestling. And that's coming from a guy who's strictly entertainment-based and who likes entertainment first. Every now and then, it's okay for me to say, you know what, man, I'm going to just watch this for what it is. Because I don't really care about the story going into this. No, but I do want to talk about The Miz and Shane McMahon really quickly because, like, I'm afraid for The Miz. In the way, like, you were talking about you're afraid with Becky. I'm afraid with The Miz because, on the one hand, I can say that I'm mildly amused by the stupid shit that he's doing with Shane. Like, it's mildly funny because mm-hmm. Mike Mizanin is just a naturally endearing person and is is relatively funny guy. And, like, I like it. It's, it, it works. Um, so does the, like, diluted ego and, like, overinflated sense of importance. Like, those are very consistent with the Miz character. I, I get that. But, like... We are very dangerously flirting with that line between endearingly fun and comedy character. Yeah. And yeah, comedy characters plummet down the card. And I'm going to need the most must-see Intercontinental Champion of the last 10 years to not plummet down the card. I don't think he is because, I mean, very clearly he's Vince's guy. Um. But and 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 here's one thing I know for sure: Vince don't just put anybody in a feud in a feud or in a grouping with with Shane. Normally, if you're involved with Shane, you're close to the top of the card, if not at the top of the card. Um. But but I think Miss has been able to. He's shown that he can vacillate between being the butt of the joke and then being serious fairly seamlessly. Don't you think? Uh I mean. I just remember the first time that we had face Miz and how much of a disaster that was. And I'm just really afraid of this like potential face turn So much as I love Miz. Um, I am very afraid that it's going to ruin the thing that makes Miz great, which is that he's an arrogant dick and like that works for him. He's like Schmidt on um, new girl. He's just that like cocky, cocky kind of douche bro-y guy but he does it in such a like lovably endearing way that you're just like all right yeah sure i i'm i'm here for a miz face turn though only because it's so different and because he's been that version of the miz for so long that sometimes it's refreshing to see these guys try something different like with brian i was so happy to see that yes movement should go away and and him be healed even if he still did the yes because you do something for so long it gets a little stale I mean, I I mean, I've been on record over the last month or so talking about how like I'm just not, I was not with Daniel Bryan. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, you have been. So like, he's a great wrestler. He's a great wrestler, and I'm enjoying this Schmeagle shit way more than I've enjoyed a lot of the other stuff. But like for the first couple months back, I gave him a pass because like it's a great feel good story, but. I was bored as fuck with Danny Bryan. I was Team Miz all the way. 
So let's hit some quick hits real quick. Um, Shinsuke and Rusev and the jumping Rusev. What Bring Aiden English back, damn it. He'll show up eventually. But um, I, don't, I don't know what they got planned for him, anything. But, but what did you think of that? Because Rusev is a good challenger for him, I think. I, I, it'll, get him, it'll keep them both on the show. That's, that's about all I have to think about it at this point. It'll keep them both on the show. I know you don't like to do and you want them to go away, but I really, I really enjoy this Randy Orton taking everything that's good about all the, the heroes away and him getting the mask again and hitting them with the Undertaker throat thrust. So Orton Mysterio, besides the go away version, what are you thinking? I'm thinking, you know, that ma- uh, that feud and the feud that they started, as much as I love the segment and I'm really looking forward to us talking about it, the feud between Orton and Mysterio and the feud between Samoa Joe and Jeff Hardy makes me think of what I said a couple weeks ago. It's 2012 all over again. Oh, yeah. Like, Joe and Jeff Joe- Hardy were feuding in Impact in 2012 and Randy Orton and Rey Mysterio... We're feuding in WWE. Like this shit is twenty twelve all over again. You know Joe's gonna probably gonna bring up him going to Victory Road inebriated. I hope he does, dude. I fucking hope he does. I love that Samoa Joe promo. I love well, it. Hold on, before we get there, because I want to actually, I want to actually talk about talk talk about it. But my last quick hit is the Usos are the most underappreciated act in the, in the business. All hail Usos, Usos and Bar. What do you all- think? All hail the Usos. Welcome to the Uso Penitentiary, like one of the five best tag teams of all time. That's first that's Hall all of I gotta say. Yeah. Excellent, like, excellent, excellent package, excellent wrestlers, excellent promos. Especially, especially the way like the new version of the Usos, ever since the brand split, when they got away from the face paint, when they like brought back the street gimmick, but in a better way than the first mm-hmm. way. Cause a lot of people forget that like they debuted with that street gimmick. They debuted with that, them and Tamina debuted mm-hmm. with that shit. And then they dropped it real fucking fast. Mm-hmm. Only they brought that shit back and reminded people why they are straight fire. Yes. Like Absolutely. and double shout out to them because the them and Naomi managed to make a shilling for the WWE shop sale and entertaining segment. Like yeah, they not managed, many people do that. Like, yeah, they managed to make shilling shit off of the WWE website into a relatively entertaining 30 seconds to a minute segment. I love it. I love it. Okay, um, Yes, so please, Jeff Hardy's more Joe. Have at it. All right, so the segment starts with Jeff is celebrating. They are celebrating Jeff's 20-year anniversary from the time that him and Matt first signed with the company all the way back that, in 1998. And it had me in my feels, by the way. Oh, absolutely had me in my feels. Are you kidding me? Like, just some of the video, some of the highlights they showed of his WWE career. In and, that you're video Carol- package. and you're a Carolina kid. Yeah, I grew up in Charlotte, North Carolina for most of my childhood. Like, I grew up as a young North Carolina boy in the height of the TLC era. I was all about some Matt and Jeff Hardy. My, like, my number one, or not number one, but one of my top raw moments of all time will forever be 2002 Undertaker Jeff Hardy. And the match ends, and Jeff Hardy is clinging to the ladder. 
and pulling himself up and calling Undertaker's big evil ass out, I'm still standing. And it's like, yes, that's my dude right there. Uh, that should turn Taker face. Yeah, like it's so so bad. Like he had to come down and like this was in the middle of his I beat the shit out of everybody character, and he comes back down to the ring and instead of beating the fuck out of Jeff, just like pass him on the back. Like, all right, yo, respect. I I fucked you up. You earned it. You yeah. earned this respect for me tonight. Yeah, I, I'm gonna give you this pat. Good for you. Um. But yeah, and then Jeff starts delivering like a rare good Jeff Hardy promo because it was authentic and not like his weird shit um, where he talked about what his career has meant to him and he shouted out his family and you know, it was like, yo, my face paints a lot better than it was 10 years ago. It's like, yeah, it is, but I'm going to tell you the same thing now that I said 10 years ago. You can miss me with that shit, but like it's better now. <laughs> But um, and he says that it's not a retirement speech, blah, blah, blah. Cue the music of that dastardly bad man, Samoa Joe. And he oh, comes. Wait a minute. Out. Wait a minute. Please note that the, the entire roster is on the stage. And they the entire like Jeff the fucking Hardy Red Sea for yeah, Samoa right. Joe's ass. Um, and he comes out. And he proceeds to lay into Jeff Hardy for his drug history. Fuck. I just read an NXT spoiler, and you're going to be so happy. Okay, I'm, I'm already down with that. Um, so he reads into Jeff Hardy about, like, I'm surprised you can remember half of those moments. And, um, oh, shit. See, now you got me distracted, Rance, and you fucked me up. Sorry, we're talking about Joe and the champagne. Oh, yeah, he said he was going to bring a bottle of champagne out to the ring, but then he thought twice about it and thought maybe it's not a good idea to have champagne around Jeff Hardy. (laughs) Uh, And other shit along those lines. Like, I can't believe you can even remember half those moments. You were too blacked out. That's why you needed a video package to remind you. Um, and, And, you know, I'm going to fuck you up. I'm going to put you to sleep. Um, And I hope he does bring up the Victory Road fiasco because, like, Joe was in TNA with Jeff when his addiction shit was bad. The worst, worst, yes. When he was rock-bottoming. When him and Matt were both rock-bottoming. Isn't the match that Jeff no-showed that was, like, the reason he got fired against Joe? He no-showed a couple of pay-per-views. And I think one of them was he was supposed to face Joe. Um, for the title. Yeah, I mean, nothing will ever be worse, though. Nothing will ever be worse match. than the Sting match. Nothing. Yeah. For those of you that don't know anything about it, what had happened was Jeff Hardy was in the middle of a reign as the TNA champion. He was the world champion. He had turned heel and had like christened himself this new character, the Antichrist of Wrestling. It was real bad. But to give you an idea of why it was real bad, this is when Eric Bischoff and Hulk Hogan were running the show. And, a group of mortal. Yeah, and um, anything that Eric Bischoff and Hulk Hogan touches post, like, 1999 turns to ash pretty much immediately. Um, yeah. This was no exception. So Jeff Hardy's supposed to be defending the title in the main event of this pay-per-view against Sting. And it's, like, supposed to be the culmination of this storyline 
where Sting had been going up against the Immortal stable the same way he went up against the NWO back in WCW because early TNA loved to rehash the oldies. Um, Sting comes out. He's ready for the match. It's a main event match. And Sting's gone on record talking about how, like, he was really looking forward to this match. And he was really looking forward to trying to tear it up because this was back when Sting could still go a little bit. Yeah. Um, Jeff comes out. And first of all, coming down to the ring, this motherfucker could barely stand up. Two, this is two minutes after his music kept playing without him coming out. Yeah. And the reason we would find out later that it took two minutes for him to come out after his music had been playing is because first they couldn't find him. Then when they finally found him and realized how fucked up he was, they were trying to keep him from going out there. And um, he wasn't having that. So he went out anyway and could barely fucking walk. Couldn't stand up. Spent the first minute and a half holding his T-shirt like he was going to throw it out into the crowd and going from side to side to side to side in the ring like he was going to throw the shirt. Meanwhile, Sting and the refs and everybody are like huddling up to try to figure out what the fuck they're going to do. Bell rings. Sting puts him in the Scorpion death, uh, death drop, pins his ass, takes the title, goes home. And... And when he says pins, like Bischoff had to come out there and whisper in their ears the new finish. And when he says pin, when Kyle says pins him, he physically held him down. Like the entire time Jeff was kicking out and the ref just counted three and they just left. Yeah. And the crowd was chanting bullshit, this is bullshit. And Sting was saying audibly on camera, yes, it is. I agree. It was bad. Yeah, like bad. That's probably... Oh, and did we mention this was while Jeff was still dealing with the legal fallout from getting caught with, like, 600 fucking painkillers? No, we didn't. But yes, that was part of that, too. Um, th- so this, this, of course, nothing will, ever, nothing will ever be a worse moment in wrestling than, I think, Owen. Um, but if you had to put, like, God, I hope we'd never make this list. But this is top five worst in wrestling history. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, this yeah. is like top two worst in wrestling history. I'd say the only thing worse than this is the finger poke of doom. Well, well okay, so you're talking about like, I was talking about like worst moment. Okay, so I guess Owen, the Owen situation, you wouldn't count oh, that. Oh, uh, no, I'm before. not counting the Owen situation because that's so tragic that I don't think that we would put it on a list of like wrestling related worst things. That was just like yeah. the worst thing in the history of professional wrestling other than Benoit. Well, well, this is worse. This is worse than Finger Poke of Doom because at least the Finger Poke of Doom had a plan. This was just bad. Yeah, just- there was a goal in mind, and Goldberg went and shredded his arm. So it was bad, but there was a plan. And sometimes plans just don't work. This was a grown man coming to work drunk, them knowing he's drunk and high, and not telling him to go home, then losing him, then letting him go out to the ring to wrestle a match. On live pay-per-view. Yeah, it was it was real rough. And people wonder why I don't fuck with Impact Wrestling or TNA anymore. It was one real of many rough. reasons. It, it was real, real rough. Um, but but SmackDown was good. SmackDown was like you said, it wasn't a tremendous episode of SmackDown, but Raw was so bad that by it, it could have done anything. <laughs> oh, absolutely, good. and that's the thing. Like SmackDown didn't do anything revolutionary. It's just they did what you expect them to do. Every segment built towards something. And they're, the TLC match for TLC going to be fire. 
because oh yes, because Becky versus Charlotte versus Asuka in a TLC match is going to be fire. It'll probably main event the show. It should main event the show. Well, it's a TLC match at the TLC pay per view. It should main event the show. Yeah. Um, and I mean, realistically, if you look at all three of the women that are in there, can you be mad at that decision? Hell no. They <laughs> they deserve it. They deserve the main event. Absolutely. And, and that's another part of the reason why SmackDown got it better is, and I know they have the advantage because they're only a two hour show, but SmackDown emphasizes their women, and the women are the best thing on WWE right now. SmackDown also has a legitimate tag team division, so their tag team segments are not pointless and awful. Until the shakeup. <laughs> yeah, until the shakeup when all the good tag teams get moved over to Raw. I think the only tag, only major tag team is going to get moved is the Usos. The Usos. I and, think the Usos, Usos and Naomi, Naomi are both going. Well, Raw. Naomi will quit if she's not on the same show. As should shit. That's her main. Right, but the Usos, Naomi, and AJ are locks to be on Raw next year. They're locks. Um, b- before I spit some fire, cause I got some fire to spit. You wanna uh play your favorite segment? You got anything for us this week? Unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, your favorite segment, "Watch Me Shit on Ring of Honor," isn't gonna happen this week because Ring of Honor's so ain't shit. They don't even have any fucking news this week. <laughs> I will say that the one thing of note that involves Ring of Honor and doesn't even is that the best it. friends are having a great showing in the World Tag League. Well, that's not what I was gonna say, but they are looking great. I saw I saw some stuff Beretta was doing, and Beretta's always been great. But no, that Silas Young. Those oh, shit. Sure, yeah. That, but the but the only news of note involving them is that Silas Young, who is currently a major part of their show and will be in a in a significant match at Final Battle, and will not be with the up. company next year because he's going to NXT. <laughs> yes, was in the crowd in Milwaukee this Monday. Of course he was. He's from Milwaukee. Right, but yeah, no, I know what you mean. Yeah, y'all. The last another one is leaving. The last real man is gonna be. I'm telling you guys. I'm telling you, as an Honor Club subscriber, I'm telling you, 2019's Ring of Honor roster will be Jay Lethal, those two douchebags who I won't even name, <laughs> SCU, SCU, Flip Gordon, and the best friends. That's the entire and the roster. Kingdom. And the Kingdom. Oh, and the Kingdom. That's the entire roster. And and I doubt the best friends will be Ring of Honor full time because they really getting some clout in chaos. At New Here's the thing: they loved Beretta anyway, and Chucky e. T yeah. is great. And the two of them you together, the two of them together is awesome. And Chaos could use a heavy tag team right now. And New Japan could use more heavy tag teams because the heavyweight tag team division has almost the same problem that the cruiserweight tag team division has: not yes. enough bodies. And and and. Yano's lost his best friend because Ishii's in this fight forever war with Suzuki. So Yano's just kind of selling DVDs on his own now. Man, speaking of New Japan, real quick, before you spit your fire, um, I really hope that report about Hiromu's not true and that he he gets better. Because, like, if Hiromu was never able to wrestle again, I might, like, legit cry, y'all. Oh, it'll be terribly sad, but I think the goal now is just for that man to be able to be healthy. Oh, absolutely. Like I'm not because saying I'm not saying terrifying. compromise your health or anything no, right. like that, but like if it's true that he'll never be able to like wrestle wrestle again, I will cry. Especially because Hanma's still being allowed to wrestle and like that scares me every time. And he still does that stupid ass headbutt? Yep. Okay. 
Nice. Um, but you know what, though? They will find something for him like the different Shibata. Because Shibata seems like he's fulfilled training. Well, and Hiromu is the type of person that could thrive kind of like Taka as like a manager for somebody, sure. for like one of the Gaijins sure. or something. Because Hiromu, one of his big advantages was even we, the people who don't speak his language, could see how much he oozes charisma. Just mm-hmm. oozes that it factor. That's why we're going to be so sad if he can't do it anymore is because like so he's got it. He, he has – um, if 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 I can be the practical one of the two, because I love Hiromo, I do. I'm Lij, I'm the Lij Mark, Lij Mark. I'm a Lij, am I Lij Mark? You guys know this. But if Hiromo got to be out for an extended period of time, maybe ever, they sure did get the right replacement. Oh yeah, Shingo is the right replacement. Shingo's for real. Shingo oh, Takagi is the man. Yes. yes, the dragon. They got the right, and I can't. Let me tell you something. I can't wait to Wrestle Kingdom. That's gonna be a good show. I can't. You know they what? They have I, me involved. They have me engaged this early. Speaking of Shingo, you know what? I can't wait to see Shingo versus Kushida. Oh my God! Talk about uh, the, the strikes in that match. Oh, uh, just Jesus take. Christ. I mean, I already have New Japan World, but like, just take my nine ninety nine yen right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just I'll I'll give it to you. Yeah. I don't know how much yen is, but I'll just give it to you like strip club style. Well, nine nine ninety nine yen is about eight dollars. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. It's about um. Enough. So as soon as, as soon as December hits, I'll go ahead and subscribe. I I usually give them the month before the month after because I. We I mean, New Year's Dash. New Year's Dash is worth watching, and yes, we here at the Outsiders Edge all believe in paying for the things that we enjoy watching because. These are our wrestlers, and if we bitch about how wrestlers should make more money, we need to buy their shit. And and yes, in in the legal ways. Yeah, like I say that as I just bought who might be my favorite wrestler right now. I'm wearing his shirt right now. Hell Shout yeah. out to the Velveteen Dream. Shout out to the Dream. Well, no, like, uh, but yeah, like that's the thing. When we talk about, you know, when we talked about All In, I was at All In. Rance bought All In. When we talk about Wrestle Kingdom, I have New Japan World. He will buy the show. I subscribe New Japan World every this every December for December, January, and February every yeah. year. I shit on Ring of Honor every week because I am an Honor Club subscriber, and it is my right to shit on this product that I watch. And and I usually buy Final Battle. Yeah, so like we final battle or super card of honor. I buy one of those. If every we year. talk about a show or a promotion, y'all, we are actually paying to watch said show or said promotion. Mm-hmm. Like we don't yeah. do that stream shit. Mm-mm. No, and we're so, poor folks, so we don't want to hear your bullshit about we ain't got no money. I'm a public school fucking teacher, and Rance works for a fucking public university. We do not make shit tons of cash, and I pay child support. Facts. So yeah, so this ain't do, this ain't just coming out of my my luxury fund. Yeah, we're not you know sipping my ties on the beach from the country club. Whom should I put gas in my helicopter or should I get this pay per view today? No, it, we're actually spending more, our real money. We're not gonna talk about how cheap gas is in South Carolina because I think you might hit me. <laughs> no, it's South Carolina and Texas are two of the. We're close, I'm sure. 
Probably. The, 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 I people, forgot the people listening Texas. might be mad. Yeah, I forgot yes. The people listening might be mad at no, us. But, but speaking yes. of gasoline, you light a match and that shit's going to catch fire. Um, and I heard that, integrity. I heard from my homie Rance, y'all, that he's got some fire he needs to spit. So it's time for a rousing rendition of Spit Your Fire. I got to get some drops for these things, you know? I'm working on that. Um, yes. So if you listen to our brethren, Ricky and Clive, um, their episode that, as of this recording, dropped today. They had a strictly NXT UK show. If you haven't been watching NXT UK, you're missing great wrestling. It's great wrestling, great stories. It, everybody's getting time to be built. It's a good show. And Walter yep. is coming, y'all. Walter yes. is coming. Walter has just been signed to NXT UK. Okay? So, Walter might be one of the biggest names on the indie circuit right now. So, not only has he signed, but it's coincided with WWE signing all the main talent to new contracts the new contracts give them more money but it's saying that you can only work with promotions we have a working relationship with so you can't just go work for any promotion anymore you can finish your dates if you already had dates signed before the time you signed this contract but now it was just wxw and icw in progress instead of anywhere you want now okay standard business fair don't yeah, y'all. If if that's got if that's got you pissing in your Cheerios, like that was well, coming eventually, y'all. Like I, I'm gonna use Pete Dunne as my prime example. Pete Dunne okay. is the NXT UK champion. Pete Dunne mm-hmm. was just in the main event of Takeover War Games two. How mm-hmm. long did y'all really think that WWE was just gonna let Pete Dunne go to these other companies and wrestle who the fuck ever? How long did y'all really think they were going to let Pete Dunne go out and have matches with people like Zack Sabre? And, and you know, I, I wasn't going to bring this up, but you, you saying that made me think that I need to actually say this to the people listening. Because British wrestling fans are losing their mind, and we'll get to them in a second. You know that a few of their wrestlers have showed up to the Performance Center injured because of wrestling other people not involved with WWE. So... That's like saying that I work for I work for a university. That's like saying I come to work with a broken arm because I was fucking around somewhere else. Then they got to do it with the company, and that just makes that just makes the, the the other people I was around look bad. So imagine how I don't I'm not I don't know who it was. The reports didn't say who it was, but imagine knock on wood, you're Tyler Bate, and you come to work. And you're injured because you just wrestled this other motherfucker at some random show in Liverpool. How do you think WWE feels? Exactly. Right? No, exactly. Like, this, at the end of the day, especially the ones like Tyler and like Pete Dunne and some well, of the main ones, yes. The, but Pete, some of the Mustache, bigger. Mountain Wolf Gang, yeah. Gnome Dar, some of those bigger name guys in terms of. Mark Andrews. In terms of, like, being on the televised WWE product, like if they were on regular NXT, they wouldn't be on any indies at all ever. Period. So like, but but let's let's talk about these British wrestling fans, okay? So uh, 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 there's British a, wrestling a lot fans of... have a glutton of riches over there. First of all, 
there's a lot of great thriving companies over there. We can't say that in the U.S. Like, yeah, we got WWE and they're the big dog in town, but we don't have the thriving indie scene that y'all have to the extent that y'all have it. We have a thriving indie scene, but it's people doing it on their own. Yes. We don't have, have as many companies, companies. Yes. that are all like we got PWG is doing their thing. MLW is doing their thing. GCW. GCW is doing their thing. Which I know isn't owned by Joey Janela, but he's the only guy I know that books stuff over there. Yeah, everything's Joey Janela's something. Even when he's out hurt, which he needs the name wreck because, like, I know the kind of knee surgery he had is expensive as fuck. I know it for a fact because I had the kind of knee surgery he's had. Yeah, so he's got some rehab in his future. Oh yeah, he'll be out for what, over a year. I, I will guarantee it. He'll be out for over a year. And and his style? Absolutely. With the style he wrestles. Um so this bridge wrestling fans, there's already some conjecture that um WWE only created the NEC UK brand to offset the World of Sport renewal. Okay. First and foremost, if that's the case, so the fuck what? Every time a McDonald's comes on one on one corner, isn't there usually a Burger King on the next? Or a Chick-fil-A or a Wendy's or a Taco Bell. It's just common knowledge to have good business sense, right? And yes, I realize wrestling fans fail or refuse to acknowledge that WWE is a business first and foremost. I understand that. I accept that. But I don't believe that's the case. But let's speak of it from... If you look at... If, you've list, if you actually pay attention to things... And you listen to the plan that Paul Triple H Levesque has been saying for six years. Global localization has always been the goal. UK just happened to be first. I wonder why. Oh, because you have all this great UK talent that you're signing. Right? Pete Dunne, Mark Andrews, Tyler Bate, Trent Seven, Wolfgang, Noam Dar, Tony Storm. She's not, you know what I'm saying, she's not British, but you get the point. Right? Uh, so there's that. Somebody had the nerve to tweet Pete Dunne saying that he's a sellout because he's left the British indie scene to go to the big, rich American companies. Pete Dunne's a 23-year-old man with a wife and a kid. You want him to be wrestling in armories his whole life? That's fucked up. Pete Dunne just probably signed a six-figure deal. Yeah. Let that man make that cheddar. Not only let that man make that chatter, but if you're truly a fan of Pete Dunne, then you're happy that he's, not only are you happy that he, you should be happy that he's successful, but you're, it's cheaper to watch him now. The network is $9. And that's $9 American, which is only like, what, six pounds? You know what I'm saying? So, like, what are you tripping about? And if you got a problem with him not wrestling, so this is a British wrestling fan who said this. You have a pro- he wrestles strict particularly mainly now for the UK right so it's not like you any of the companies that you were that you were following don't wrestle in the same city every time so they have a taping in Blackpool they have a taping in Liverpool they have a taping in Dudley they have a taping in Chelsea they have a taping in Manchester it's gonna come to your city eventually what are you complaining of like the, it's just you just sound selfish and ridiculous and it it goes back on us as fans and it makes us look bad it's part of the reasons why i complain about us as a fan but as a as a group so much because we're so fucking selfish we'll tell people 
to their faces that you should have done this because forget your family, forget your kids, forget your life, do what I want because it's what I want to see. That's disgusting. You know, I have long, whether we're talking wrestling or anything else, I've long hated the term sell out because that's bullshit. Oh, I hate it. That's bullshit. Of course I'm going to fucking sell out. You mean to tell me you're going to turn down money? You're just going to sit there and turn down good money for something you like to do. I do this by, I do I do what I do as a teacher because I enjoy doing it. Somebody offered me double what I make to do something else. Yes. Deuces, y'all. This will be my last year in the classroom. Like now, now understand, all money ain't good money, but they ain't having him killing people and burying bodies. They're having him do the same doing... shit that he would be doing anyway. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Like, so like, what are you complaining about? And then this whole. And I, 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 this all comes back to this whole what WWE is a big corporation and we hate them. I understand right now it's it's in it's in vogue to hate WWE. That's fine. I get that. That's all big companies. But you guys need to realize that when WWE is good or thriving, all the rest of the companies are. Why do you think the other companies are thriving right now? Look at all the wrestlers WWE has had and let go that's running the business. Who's the top wrestler in the world right now, not in WWE? Arguably. Um, are you talking Cody Rhodes? I was gonna say it's either Kenny or Cody. Kenny came from D- from FCW. Cody Rhodes came from De- came from WWE. Yeah. Argu- arguably, most of the people around the world, and I'm not. And I know people are gonna sit here and name a list of people that aren't. I I get that. Yeah, cool. I mean the tentacles are everywhere. Bully Ray is in fucking Ring of Honor right now. Tommy Dreamer runs House of Hardcore, and they're doing all those dates. Like House of Hardcore is getting a lot bigger. Let's let's go let's go even further. All the main wrestling companies, the wrestling schools, who run them? Mm-hmm. Lance Storm's got a wrestling academy. Shout out to that shit because a lot of his people end up like. Chelsea Green was a Landstorm graduate. Tyler, Tyler, Tyler Breeze Tyler, is a Landstorm Tyler, Tyler, Tyler gra- graduate. Emma, Emma's a Landstorm graduate. Yeah, yeah, like the I think he calls it uh, Storm Wrestling Academy. Storm yeah. Wrestling SWA. And I knew it was SWA. Yeah, but he's got an academy. The Dudleys have their own school. Booker T's got a school. That's where Ember Moon went. Booker T's school. I was signed up to that for a day. Yeah, like I just didn't pay the money, but you know. No, yeah. but like they got a school, fucking the Brian Kendrick. Mm-hmm. I think um, Shannon Moore or the Hardys, one or the other. I, I think Matt was doing some training for people. I think he like yeah, just want to travel. But it's more Shannon now, yeah. But the Omega guys, yeah. Yeah, the Omega guys do training and shit. Like um 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 yep. the uh, Wild Samoans. Yep. They run a school so like. So like. What are you talking about? It's it's it's, it's one thing to complain just because you want to complain, but then when you complain, is this stupid and this and this disrespectful almost? It's it 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 bothers me. So it just boggles we, my mind. Like I know I keep coming back to the sellout thing, but it just boggles my mind. I'll word, use a sport. Yeah. No, but I'm gonna use a sports analogy, and I'll even use I'll even do a soccer type thing because we're talking Britain. If okay. you've got a team that you really support and they're not in the, and they're not in the premier league. Don't you want okay. them 
to fucking win the table so that they get promoted so that eventually they maybe make it as high as the Premier League? Isn't that your end goal? If you got a player that you really fucking like and they're in the minors and they're playing or they're playing in like fucking MLS, don't you want your team to buy their shit in the transfer window because you want them to play for you because you want them to be good as fuck? I'm going to give you an American example. I'm one of the biggest LeBron James fans in this world. I'm one of the biggest Los Angeles Lakers haters in this world. I hate them with all the vigor of possible in my body. However, as much as I hate LeBron being on that team, I'm happy for him because it's only good for him. Consequently, Rich, Rich Louder from One Nation Radio, was a LeBron hater for most of his most of his most of LeBron's career, and is a diehard Lakers fan. Guess who his favorite player is right now? Because he's playing for his favorite team. So like, I'm happy. I'm happy. My man is where he wants to be and killing it. Rich is happy that his favorite team has the best player in basketball. That's what happens when you like somebody, right? If you support them, you support them. That's how not not how you not just how it affects you, but for the goodness of them. And all I hear from wrestling fans is we just want good wrestling. If you watch it in CUK, it's great wrestling, and they're finally getting paid real money. Yeah, finally getting paid enough money to be able to afford the medical care for when they get hurt. Of course, I I don't know. Let me take that back because the UK has socialized medicine, so like. People can routinely afford the medical care that they deserve because it's a right over there, not a. That's just our dumbass, yeah. Yeah, just, just us dumbass Americans who think that you know people should be denied health care. It's a privilege. Yeah, <laughs> it's my privilege to stick my foot up your ass. I'm glad you said your foot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you said your foot. Um, yeah, I needed. I wanted to bring that to our attention and and uh. Clive and, and, and Rick talked about that a little bit today. But it's just it's ridiculous that, you know, the, the things we hold our, our 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 wrestlers to and how selfish our desires. It's one thing for us to have selfish desires. What I like to see the things I want to happen happen. Absolutely. But there's but a I'm right way to have selfish. But there's a right way yeah. to be selfish. Like it's it's one thing to say, like, you know, I don't know if I would want to see the Bucks in WWE because I like the creative things that they do on their sure. own. And I don't want sure. to necessarily see them go corporate. But it's stupid as fuck and like like you said, selfish as fuck to say some shit like, Well, I don't want to see these people get paid a million dollars to go do the and, same shit that they were gonna do anyway. And to go and to go out of your way to go to them? Like, I knew I knew we was I knew we were fucked up as a society in terms of wrestling people. When people believe Meltzer so much that they would literally tell WWE writers, "Well, this isn't what this is what was what you meant to happen." Dog, I wrote the show. You don't know. Yeah, like y'all. By I the way, y'all, y'all still hate Road Dog? Yeah, y'all. I don't I don't let my students tell me what I meant to teach them. They you can't tell the writer what they meant to fucking write. I as on the backs of that I ask again, y'all still hate Road Dog? Yo man, Road Dog's not infallible, but like I'll eat a little crow on that Road Dog. Try to tell people. Road, here's the thing about Road Dog. Road Dog's not flashy, but he's consistent. 
He's not flashy, but he's consistent. SmackDown doesn't do anything super flashy, but they consistently write stories. I'm just saying, man, we are so quick to complain and jump on the bandwagon or bring the torch out for something that changes every fucking week. Chill out on that shit for a minute. And you UK fans, if you enjoy wrestling, this is the best your scene's been ever. Yeah, man. TakeOver Blackpool is going to be great. TakeOver Blackpool is going to be great, but forget NXT UK. You still got so many other great companies to watch. So yeah. Many. what? Which uh, which companies doing Zack Sabre versus Pac? Like, I, I don't like Revolution Pac Pro. as a person, Rev but Pro. that match is going to be fire. Rev Pro, yes. And, and yes, the, the NXT UK guys can go to Rev Pro, but you know who can? The debut the, the in New Japan because you know who's Rev Pro World Heavyweight Champion? E, um, Tomohiro Ishii. Ishii. Tomo, yes. So like, you know, okay, I can't get Pete done. Fuck it, I'll settle for Minoru Suzuki and Ishii. Like, come on, dog. That that like that 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 I'm 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 gonna use a a middle aged white term that grinds my gears. I'll uh, I'll say what. Uh... No, I won't say what the kids say now because some of our older listeners will think it's a dirty reference. <laughs> okay, but when we end the show, we're going to say we don't give a fuck, so go ahead. Oh, no, because you know what the kids say now when shit pisses them off? Man, that what? shit blew me. Okay, I see your point. Yeah, that's what, the, that's what teenagers say now, y'all. I teach in a high school. That's what they say now. You got anything else before we get out of here, man? Um... Nope, can't think of anything. Ladies and gentlemen, NXT spoilers are amazingly crazy. We're going to talk about them after we finish recording. You can check them out at your leisure. Or watch live, as my brother Clive likes to do. Don't or do Clive both. Like, I do both. Yeah, we, we fairly endorse doing both. We do both. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. But if you don't like spoilers, because... we're not spoiler people. No, that's why I didn't say it. That's why... I... I gave Kyle the eyes, but I was like, let me wait. Um, Yeah, man. Okay, well, tell me, tell me where they can find you, brother. You can find me on Twitter at Dr. S'mores. You can also find our missing brother Carl on Twitter at Outsider Curvin. He's the profile to follow, y'all. He's the most active tweeter of us all. He's, he's, he's excellent on the Twittergram. Um, the, the, twi- as the Twitter machine. I was going to say, as a Bully Ray would say, his Twitter machine is uh, real mean. Um, you can follow your boy at It's Ray Cash, R-E-Y as in Mysterio, C-A-S-H as in dollars. Um, don't forget, you can follow the squad at Social Suplex. And we also are a part of the Chairshot Radio Network at thechairshot.com, where you always use your head. Find us wherever you listen to uh, podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Apple Music, Google Play, anything. We're, we're you on name it, we're out, out there, y'all. We're out there. I need to. Sh- I want to show some love to Chair Shot Radio because that's my other show. I host with Chris Platt. We uh, we have we moved and we moved our day and changed our format. So we now host a live Sunday show. Check your boys out. Call in. Ask us questions. We be on there talking that shit. But you know that's all we do. Um. Yeah, man. Um. Yeah. I guess. Give them the tagline, brother. Thanks for listening. Yeah, well, y'all, as you know, we here on the Outsider's Edge are just two, sometimes three, young men 
out here doing the best that we can to make it in this world. So if, not even if, because we're sure we said some things that you disagreed with or... Especially tonight. Got you all up in your feelings or made you feel some type of way. Just remember that we're out here chasing our dreams, y'all. And you have got to respect that. But if you don't, we don't give a fuck. Thanks for listening. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.